the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another thrill-packed edition of Unite, i.e. radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen. Uh, my name is Greg Britton with the Redlands Tea Party Patriots, as well as the Unite, i.e. Coalition of Conservative and Patriot Groups, where our mission is to unite freedom-loving, America-loving Americans and magnify our strength and effectiveness in making and keeping America great, free, and prosperous. And as we watch our civilization and country crumble around us, the need for people to uh, to step up and fulfill the obligations of their most important political office become greater and greater if you want to uh, keep the aforementioned America as a great, free, and prosperous country. One of the things about America, and uh, our guests will be telling me if there's any other examples, is the Second Amendment, a role-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. And I don't know if there's any other uh, country in the world in which the, the Constitution guarantees the right of the citizens to keep and bear arms, because usually it's the, the opposite. Uh, to talk about protecting that right, which is always under assault here in California, we're very pleased to have uh, back on the show Rick Travis, who is the Legislative Director for the California Rifle and Pistol Association. And you can see their good work and support their cause at crpa.org, crpa.org. Their motto is, be safe, shoot straight, and fight back. And uh, they do lobbying as well as litigation for all of the anti-Second Amendment legislation that has been passed in California and continues to be passed every year. Rick has also taken over Phil Naiman's show on this station called Firing Line, and you can hear that show on Saturdays at 1 p.m. Vladimir Lenin said, one man with a gun can control 100 without one versus that great American Frederick Douglass. A man's rights rests in three boxes. The ballot box, the jury box, and the cartridge box. And uh, we know which we know um, which of those two is the thought leader of today's Democrat Party. So with that introduction, uh, Rick, welcome to the show. Wow, some introduction. That was really nice. Thank you for having me. Oh, please do. Um, you guys are always in court because you have to be here in California. And let's just start. You, you had a great victory uh, just this week. Yeah, we had a victory in what is known as the Rody v. Bonta. Rody is uh, Kim Rody, the uh, seven-time Olympic uh, champion shotgun shooter. And that deals with the ammunition restrictions that stemmed from 2016 in the Prop 63 proposition that uh, Governor Newsom pushed through as safety for all. And unfortunately, a lot of our fellow patriots just didn't read the fine print and said, oh, safety for all sounds good. 
And what that did was it set up a scheme in California that has been continually narrowed and made tighter and more restrictive by the legislature, where to go buy ammunition, you have to go through a background check, you have to pay fees, you have to make sure everything is particular so that the government knows exactly where you live. So, for example, you might be able to go buy it today, but if all of a sudden you move and you haven't turned in all that information to the Department of Justice, then you'll be denied the access to purchase the ammunition that is your constitutional right to possess. And it also restricts your ability to go out of state, bring ammunition in. That case had ran a couple of years back through the Ninth Circuit, um, Justice Benitez, down in San Diego had said, no, this is unconstitutional, wrote a beautiful opinion on that. That got, of course, appealed by the state attorney general at that time, Becerra. It went all the way up to the ninth. We won again on a 2-1 victory. Then it went to an unbunk panel where the uh, attorney general gets to have a little bit more say in who that panel is comprised of. And so no shock, uh, the panel overturned the lower two courts. Then it went to the Supreme Court. It was at the Supreme Court when the Bruin decision went through a little over a year ago, and immediately the justices said, take our decision in Bruin, reevaluate it, which is what happened this week. And Justice Benitez wrote a beautiful piece. Again, I highly recommend people go to read it. If you go to CRPA.org, you can read it. We have it posted up there. And in it, he pointed out how egregious the Attorney General had gotten, Greg, by actually citing some horrific parts of U.S. history of where we're denied African-Americans, the ability to have firearms or ammunition because they had been slaves or because you're a Native American or because you had a religious preference that wasn't popular, like being Catholic as justification for what they wanted to do today, which is just shocking given that the attorney general and the governor of California love to cloak themselves in that they're the most inclusive people. They're sensitive to culture and everything. And yet they take the worst parts of American history to try to justify crushing the constitutional right, the Second Amendment. Well, and, that, and that's ironic. That was actually on my notes of things that we have time to get to them I was going to talk about, is the racist history of gun control. Is after the Civil War, when after the, the, the former slaves, they, they were now free men, and the after the, the federal troops were withdrawn from the South, is the, the white Southern Democrats wanted to reimpose control, and they passed these black codes to uh, restrict the rights of black Americans, including the right to possess guns, so that when the, uh, the, the, the when the KKK writers came by, the um, black people did not have arms to defend themselves. Right, and you know, obviously, it's a very different situation. Is if if the if the people the black people ha- they have arms to defend themselves, it's a very different situation. It's a lot it's a lot harder to intimidate and attack them. Yeah, agreed. And I think that's one of the biggest issues that we have is people need to know the history. The history of the Democratic Party has not been favorable to people of color, despite what they preach today, and has always been about disarming people so the government has absolute control over you. And uh, we're not advocating people rise up against the government, but people should be able to defend themselves from criminals. And if you look at right now in California, I think it's very easy to make the argument that the California legislature, as it is right at this moment, is more concerned about criminal elements, criminal rights, and defending criminals than they are about keeping their tax-paying citizens who are law-abiding safe. 
of course, and it's also the, the Soros DAs like Gascon in, in Los Angeles and others that basically don't prosecute criminals. Or if they do, they let them off leniently and they are soon uh, back, on, back on the streets. Right. Uh, one of the things also that's it's interesting, and we're going to need to break here in a short time, is supposedly is that if we just have some, there's some gun control, magic gun control law out there that's going to keep us safe. Now, of course, the rat, the, the rat, and I, you, you look at now, just in prepping for the show, there's a, some, you look at the data on homicide rates, uh, homicides per 100,000. So here in California, you got three, I'm going to give you examples of three cities. San Bernardino, where the, the homicide rate is 15.65. Five to 10 miles down the freeway in Riverside, it's 3.65. And I don't know, 30 or 40 miles down the freeway in Irvine it is a .74. And all three of those cities are under the same federal gun laws and under the same state gun laws. And you can look at that across states, you can look at that across nations that, and you may want to comment further, is that you just can't find a correlation between gun control or the right to keep arms and crime, homicide, mass murder. Well, I would I would say to a degree that's true. If you look at Orange County, Orange County Sheriff's Office has probably been one of the more aggressive sheriff's offices in giving uh, CCW permits to law-abiding citizens. It has a very robust process in doing that, and they have a sheriff in Don Barnes who has been extremely aggressive on not just uh, defending the law-abiding citizens' rights, but also in empowering that citizenry to assist with law enforcement and going after a lot of the accessory things like fentanyl crisis and stuff has been a national spokesperson. You go to Riverside, Chad Bianco, the sheriff there, has done an impeccable job of trying to boost it up, catch Riverside County up to Orange County CCW numbers, has been very, very forceful on making sure that some of the state's erroneous laws are um, not enforced and the ones that actually make a difference are. And then you get to San Brandino, who is coming along, but they have not been as aggressive in either one of those areas. In fact, currently have uh, diminished the process to gain a CCW, made it a little bit more complex by things that are happening. So, you have kind of a tale of two tapes of basically how sheriff's offices alone control a lot of what happens with the crime in the county. Yes, but of course you don't. You just don't see that uh, the criminals will, are going to break the law. So it's it's like right. you, you, you're, you're and, they, and they can find they can get guns. It's like they can get drugs. Right. And, and I'll say to you too, Greg, if you look at any of the laws that they have tried to pass over just the last five years, had they all been magically in place. None of the things that we may talk about today would have ever stopped any of the mass shootings in California, not one of them. But going back to keeping people locked up in jail, not letting them out to commit those crimes, going back to making sure those people that are on the armed prohibited persons list do not have firearms instead of watching that list grow from a couple of thousand to 5,000 to 10,000, now over 30,000, and we're not doing anything about them. Those are known aggressive felons with firearms that aren't supposed to have them. Um, those things would all contribute to lower crime rates. Yeah. Well, you, yeah. You, you wouldn't. You wouldn't want to lock up any criminals. That would be. That would be racist. Okay. Right. Um, now, before I go to the break, you have, uh, CRP also recently had another really big win because California passed a law that basically said, "Yeah, we have to give you a. We're going to let you, you take your concealed weapon anywhere." 
Yeah, that was Senate Bill 2. And what Senate Bill 2 did was it created a situation where uh, after the Bruin decision, Justice Thomas said you can't take, for example, all of Manhattan and make it a sensitive place where you can't carry a firearm. Of course, the state of California took that as a challenge and tried to make the entire state a sensitive place. We were able to go to the courts. We were able to get that victory that says, no, you cannot do that. Um, I'm sure I'm going to see other pieces of legislation trying to, to reinforce that, trying to create gun-free zones, which we've already seen a couple of those attempted. But this is what they're trying to do. They're trying to take your ability to be able to defend yourselves, and it really puts businesses and places of worship and other areas, it, it sets them up as a target. And we can talk more about that after the break. Yes. Um, uh, almost all these mass shootings that, that, that are the uh, focus of their efforts to restrict our Second Amendment rights are gun-free zones. That's correct. Crim- the criminals don't like um, – there was a recent one where the – I forget which case it was. The, the shoot – the mass murderer – was going to go to one place, but he thought they, were, they, they had guns there. The security was too stringent, so he picked another place to go do his to do his uh, his mass murder because he thought there wouldn't be any guns there. But we will carry on our discussion after this word from Ed Hoffman of United American Mortgage, a place to go for your real estate lending needs. Back after this. Hi, this is Ed Hoffman with United American Mortgage and host of the main event right here on AM five ninety The Answer. Mortgage rates are up, but credit card rates are way higher. And credit card balances have hit an all-time high as inflation puts the squeeze on everyone's budget. Not to mention how auto loan rates and payments have gone through the roof. Let me point out, it doesn't matter how low your existing mortgage interest rate is if you can't make the payments on everything else. Are you wondering what to do? Do you need some financial strategy? Want to talk to someone who thinks like you? Call me at 855-640-2020. We'll discuss a strategy that works for you today and also considers what happens when the interest rates drop as we move into the inevitable recession. To have that discussion, call me toll-free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020, or go to edhoffman.net and click on the United American Mortgage logo. Ed Hoffman, NMLS ID number 9921, United American Mortgage Corporation, NMLS ID number 1942. United American Mortgage Corporation is an equal housing lender and licensed by the California Department of Real Estate. AM 590, the answer. Welcome back to Unite IE Radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen. My name is Greg Britton, the Redland Sea Party Patriots and the Unite IE Coalition of Conservative and Patriot Groups. Very pleased this week to have on the show Rick Travis of the California Rifle and Pistol Association, and they are the leading organization in California defending our Second Amendment rights. You can find them at crpa.org. Org, and we were discussing in our first segment some of their recent court victories because in California, defending the Second Amendment is a full-time job. Because also now does Phil Naiman's uh, show, The Firing Line, heard on this station on Saturdays at 1 p.m. As long as we have the current Supreme Court, they can't outright ban guns. Although I think you and I would agree that that is the ultimate goal of the Democrat Party. But they chip away at it. And they'll, for example, some jurisdictions have required um, insurance to own a gun. California last year passed an 11% tax on guns and ammo. Or they, uh, the measures we talked about in first segment, that basically you can't carry your 
you have a CCW, but you can't carry basically anywhere in the state of California or that they'll require a background check on if you just want to go buy some more ammunition. Um, let's, start, let's, start, let's start with that tax. Have you guys challenged that? Because I know that in the First Amendment context, they can't levy a tax on books, magazines, and, and other publications. Yeah, we're challenging it. We have to wait till July 1st because that's when the tax goes into effect and therefore you have a harm. So we're all prepped to go challenge it, get a stay on it as soon as July 1st happens. But I think one of the things people have to realize is the argumentation for these taxes, for the insurance, which doesn't exist in California, et cetera, is it's all part of two pieces. The first piece being that the governor said he wanted to kill the culture of firearms ownership, which most people should read as, I want to call the, kill the culture of anyone who believes in the Constitution of the United States. That's, in effect, what he's, he's trying to do, plain and simple. And what they're trying to do it by is a death by a thousand cuts, making it cost so much money, so restrictive, so problematic that people will throw their hands up in the ears and say, forget it. Or worse, they'll move out of the state because they'll say, I'm going to go to the land of the free, whether it be Idaho, Arizona, wherever. And you're seeing those people carry these same egregious anti-Second Amendment laws with them into those states. So I tell people, always stand and fight. The, the other part of this, Greg, that is it troubles me all the time, and I work with it, is our side does not stand up and push back on out-and-out lies. One of those, for example, is the 11% tax and going after restrictive spaces. It's all about, hey, if this saves one life, Greg, if it just saves one life, shouldn't we do it? I mean, that's that's the mantra on the other side. What our side should be saying is, okay, so... You want to make everywhere a sensitive place. So let's look at that for a moment and unpack it. Uh, so places of worship, make them a sensitive place. Okay, places of worship are already nationwide the number one target, 10 times more likely to have an assault on a place of worship than on a school. And yet it's report about one out of every 100 times compared to a school incident. You have to look at people want to go take advantage of people when they're worshiping and, and do them harm. So. When you have a person or persons with CCWs, they're part of a, a worship security team in there, what we have found is nationwide, 300,000 lives are saved on average a year just from that because people have CCWs. The FBI knows it. The CDC knows it. So if you pass this law to save one life, then you're saying I'm willing to put tens of thousands, 100,000 lives in the balance to save one. So you really are choosing, I'm willing to save one life that believes what I do politically and sacrifice tens of thousands, 100,000 of those that I don't believe have my shared views. That's what's literally at stake. Yeah, that's a, that's a, that's a, that's a, that's a one of those ludicrous Democrat arguments. But okay, if we get, why don't we apply that same principle to the open borders? So my, our, my friend and sometimes a guest, Agnes Gibney, who's, uh, son was murdered by a previously deported illegal alien. Well, if stopping illegal immigration saves even one life, shouldn't we do it? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. Uh, um, people, some, there are people sometimes die in airplane crashes. So let's ban airplanes. You know, if, if it saves even one life or cars or anything else. But, and it's oh, also yeah. the skewing of the data, Greg. I mean, I argue this all the time up in Sacramento. 
we will hear that, you know, the number one cause of death amongst children are firearms in the home. Okay, so let's look at that data. Number one, the definition of a child in that data set is anybody over the age of six up to the age of 25. Well, the last time I checked, kids under six are kids. We still call them children. And we don't normally look at people that are 18 and over as children. So when you put that data back to from birth to, you know, the day before their 18th birthday, oh, wait a second, it's not even in the top 20 causes of death. But what they do is they include all the people that are, you know, basically all I call college to late college age in there that are involved in gangs, inner city crimes, all sorts of other stuff to inflate the number to make the argument they want. But if you actually looked at the data, the data does not support what's coming out of their mouths. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, one of the one of the one of the leading things, and, and maybe we can delve into why that is, is assault weapon ban. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter what the the, the incident is. Oh, we need an assault weapon ban. Not necessarily defining what a quote assault weapon is, uh, quote unquote. And yet you look at the actual, again, look at facts. You don't want to do that in politics too much, of course, is that total homicides by uh, all kinds of rifles are dwarfed by, uh, by two or three times homicides by feet and fist, beating someone to death, by mm-hmm. blood knives and other blade weapons, by baseball bats and other blunt instruments, all three of those categories, by two or three times every year, are used to kill people more than all kinds of rifles, but it's the, their fixation is on these, quote, assault weapons, unquote. Why is that? Well, it, for one thing, the assault weapon thing is a complete lie. I served in the military. When you go to serve in the military, you're issued a firearm. Uh, traditionally, it's been the M4 for the past few decades, and the M4 comes with a selector switch that allows fully automatic fire, which nobody's allowed in California, never been allowed to have in California. Um, secondly, it comes with a three-round burst switch, and then it comes with the semi-automatic switch. The modern sporting rifle, which is what they're going after, only has a semi-automatic or a safety on it. It's not the same firearm. But it's really great for them to be able to take pictures of somebody using that in a military situation or in a place of urban unrest somewhere in a third world country where they're firing fully automatic and go, that's what we're trying to take off the streets. They're already not on the streets. They're already not allowed. It's it's not what's going on. Um, the second issue with that and what they're trying to continually push, Greg, is they're trying to sit there and make everything evil. Yet when you get down to the brass tacks and look at it, even Jerry Brown, who was not uh, a big fan of the Second Amendment, said, Hey, the AR-15s you use for people to put food on the table. No, I'm not going to ban them. You know, and they didn't listen. They just waited until they got Newsom in, and then were even more reinvigorated to do this. Newsom has learned he can use this to get lots of campaign dollars from various groups like Bloomberg, et cetera. And so, you know, most of the legislation I face isn't even written by the legislator or the office. It comes from the Giffords Group, the Brady Group, the Moms of Demand Action Groups are all being financed by Soros and Bloomberg. Right. And, of course, we, d- we did have a, quote, assault weapon, unquote, ban from, I think it was 1994 to 2004. Correct. And that had no discernible effect on crime, homicide, or mass shootings. Well, and the thing that I always... I don't laugh about because it's not funny, but it's a great comparison. If you look at the FBI database before they skewed it under the Biden administration, 
um, and remove some of the, the, the markers in it. It used to track hammers versus assault weapons nationwide in every state. And the fact was you were more likely to be killed by a female in the middle of the night with a hammer by 15 times over the past 25 years. That stat didn't really change than you ever were going to be an assault rifle. Yeah, you do not see people at Lowe's or your Ace Hardware store going, excuse me, ma'am, can you back away from the aisle? Can you fill out a form? Can we have a 10-day cool-off period? Can we charge you extra taxes to buy a hammer? Hammers are just sold. So if it was truly about saving lives, that's a bigger threat. You would do something about it. But, of course, they don't. Um, yeah. Um and of course, I, I think I think any female trying to buy a hammer is, is of course, is, is of course suspicious. <laughs> intended, intended humorously. We only have a we only have a short time left. Um, any any closing thoughts of what you're doing at CRPA or how protecting our Second Amendment rights? All yours. Yeah, yeah we just want to get people out there to vote. We we're preaching everywhere we can that this is a country of we the people, and as we the people, we are the bosses. They are the public servant. Remember that. If you don't like what's going on in your world, make sure not only you get out there and vote. Voting starts this week. But also make sure you get other people registered. Get them out there to vote. Make sure we leave no vote behind to remove these people that need to be fired. Absolutely. Um, gun owners are are kind of like Christians. They, 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 most of them, at least half of them, aren't voting, and they need to if they're going to protect their rights. Uh, thank you, Rick, so much for being on the show and your great work at crpa.org. And look forward to having you back on, on a future date to uh, brief us because the struggle to save our, save our Second Amendment rights is ongoing, especially here in California. Stay tuned Thanks for the exciting much. second half of Unite, i.e. Radio. AM 590, the answer. Welcome back to Unite, i.e. Radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen. My name is Greg Bridgen with the Redlands Tea Party Patriots and the Unite, i.e. Coalition of Conservative and Patriot Groups, where our mission is to unite freedom-loving, America-loving Americans and magnify our strength and effectiveness in making and keeping America great, free, and prosperous. And here on Unite, i.e. Radio, we are grateful every day, as Will Rogers said, that we do not get all the government that we pay for. Um, we had a great discussion with Rick Travis in our first half from the, from the California Rifle and Pistol Association. And this half, I'm very pleased to welcome to the show somebody who exemplifies the model of our show, the most important political office is that of the private citizen. And that is Rita Sandor. And I think that's her first time on the show. I could be mistaken, but doing this for a while. But I think this is her first time on the show. She is the president of the Corona and Norco chapter of the Golden State Republican Women, and they split off from the uh, Republican Women Federated. Uh, does great work down there. But the reason that we asked her on the show is what's happening in the insurance market. And uh, some really bad things are happening, as I hear. So welcome to the show, Rita. Hello, Greg Britton. Um, I I wanted to tell you because you, you had just uh, said that you, you weren't sure if I'd ever been on the show before. I had never been on radio before, except for one time. I talked to Rush Limbaugh a few years ago when the Obamacare came out, and that was an insurance product too. And I knew all about it at the time because I was selling uh, senior uh, advantage plans. And I was so mad. Uh, I, I got on the phone with Rush 
and I was talking to him about the premiums increasing double and how I didn't want to have pregnancy coverage at age 63. That was a few years ago. That was 10 years ago. (laughs) And so now now I'm on again talking about the crisis in the property insurance business. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, but before we come to that, uh, well, you mentioned of Rush Limbaugh reminds me that uh, like Rush, uh-huh. Um, uh, my talent is on loan from God, although I got mine from the micro loan department. Yes. <laughs> okay. Um, Anyone that knows you knows that. <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, uh, I'm humble with, with good cause. The, um, I heard recently, and that's why I invite, uh, was the reason to reach out to you and invite you on the show is, there are uh, really bad things happening in the insurance market. Companies are leaving the state, uh, or if they're staying, there are huge increases. A, f- a friend of mine reported that uh, her homeowner's insurance, you know, she, to get it at all, her co- the, the company she had left is leaving the state. It w- would cost her nine times the amount. What the heck is going on? Um, and I smell the government in that. What has been going on uh, since, I'd I'd say, the middle of this year is one by one, uh, State Farm, Allstate, Farmers, USAA, Geico, Safeco, Liberty Mutual, uh, and a a group of others have one by one basically left the state as far as new business goes. Some of them are keeping the policies that they have, uh, quote, protecting the customers that they have, uh, but... But all in all, what's what's happening is is uh, very concerning to me because we're we were not able to as as different companies. I'm an independent. I've been in this business over thirty years, but I'm an independent and I work for the people, not the company. So I'm with I'm with those companies that uh, that allow that for an independent agent to work with them and their clients to get the best deal. And back in November, we were seeing State Farm announcing that uh, they were citing inflation, challenging reinsurance market, and a rapidly growing catastrophe exposure. Well, yes, that's exactly what they were facing, and that's what we're all facing because Ricardo Lara a year ago did not, the insurance commissioner did not allow for companies to uh, raise their rates in a sufficient amount, even even you know six percent or eight percent was not enough to stop the outgo, uh, and and the uh, what what the lack of the, the the lack of ability to make enough profit so you can stay in the state, because we were seeing seeing big uh, wildfires, and and at this time there was you know a couple a couple of huge ones um, like the uh, the Tamarack Fire, uh, Lake Tahoe, and and then Paradise. Many of these fires could have been contained well, and and the state of California was not doing its job in the past probably fifteen years at uh, managing the forests. So right now we've got huge overgrowth. We've got more rain coming, and the next fire season is going to be. Too many fires and not enough fire trucks. And they're not, they're not handling the fires as they used to, which would have been, uh, going out fast 
and and getting getting the flames out if they could. Now they're basically doing uh, controlled fire burns. <laughs> hmm. If there are no if there are no uh, 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 communities in the way, it's fine. But this is not that. Okay, but maybe the risk is is the risk nine times greater. No, of course not. Um. Okay, the, this is, this is the, this is the, the horrible truth that the different companies that are uh, nationwide, okay, especially the big ones, okay, they have to have a certain amount of reserve just to do business in California. That's part of the regulatory system. And the state of California with the California Fair Plan does not have to have that. So even though, even though, uh, there are not so many houses that are in those high welfare areas. Uh, the state of California is now telling the, all the insurance companies, well, you have to, you have to do a certain number in these high risk areas in order to stay in the state. And they're just saying, no, no, we're taking the business elsewhere. So that's a, that's a problem. Are they are the are the companies allowed to charge? So if you live near the grassy lands or the, the or the forest or right. places that can burn the wildfires, uh-huh. do they charge them more if you're on the periphery like that as opposed to if you're well within a city and your that risk is 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 much less? The houses the 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 homeowners in the cities are sharing sharing that problem because their rates are going up too. Hmm. And those on the periphery near the fire lines, um, in many cases now, the state of California is saying, well, you have to do a difference in conditions policy if you're going to uh, be insuring these. So now people have to buy two policies instead of one. And it can go even up to $6,000 a year for a small house. Mm-hmm. Um, people are living closer to the fire lines, and that's expected, but... But there's a lot more that the state could do, and they're regulating the companies right out of California. So they're, they're killing the competition. Yeah, uh, for, for our non for myself and other people that are not uh, from, really familiar with the insurance market, what is the California Fair Plan? California Fair Plan is a sweet little plan through the state of California, by which the uh, they they have a difference in conditions of a, from a regular policy. You buy your homeowner's policy, and the California Fair Plan insures the outside structure from fire, only from fire. So they're not doing a tremendous uh, uh, service, but uh, even if you have good defense of your property and you landscape everything around you for 100, 200 feet, uh they're still com- going to be completely involved in your insurance cost, and they will they will charge you three times what you're paying for your regular home insurance, and as this, well as you have to pay the insurance the home insurance too. And this is a government program, the Fair Plan. Government program, and they do not have to have the high amount of reserves that the competitive companies did. Because are we, are we seeing a similar problem in the in the auto insurance market? The auto insurance market has a different problem altogether. The EVs, electric vehicles are a wonderful, wonderful thing, <laughs> except when you're, when you're in sub-zero temperature and you're trying to charge them. They don't. Hmm. But, uh, the electric vehicles, um, 
on on their part of the of the auto insurance um, insurance industry, um, we have we have cars that will go on fire and nothing nothing uh, stops them from completely melting down to the pavement. Uh, even a fire truck with with six thousand gallons of water can't get that fire out, and it may come up the next day. They're like a, those birthday candles that just keep on going until they're done. That ion battery is going to put a, a half a mile long uh, column of smoke up, and and that car is going to burn no matter what you do. Even a small accident, if it if it affects the battery safety, they will total out the car. So this is something that the insurance industry was not ready for. If you have a seventy thousand dollar car and it has a small accident, hits somebody, and and uh, on a regular car that would cost maybe four thousand or five thousand dollars to fix, and the car would be repaired and safe. In the case of an electric car, that that really really big lithium battery is not going to be safe, and they will total the car out. That costs a lot more than the insurance companies were aware of before and as more as more cars get into more accidents because of the freeway traffic and the you know all of the other things a lot of a lot of young people like to drive the teslas <laughs> and they like to drive them yeah everywhere so we're what we're seeing is that the insurance uh the insurance companies that insure autos must change their rates some of them are going to go up 20 percent it's gonna, it's gonna be happening for the companies that are still doing business in California, because now they're seeing that they, they had only based the pricing, the rating on a car, by how many years the insured has been driving, and what the cost of replacing that vehicle is. They didn't know how easily they could have one burned down, and and also if it was charging uh, right outside your house and it went on fire, it would maybe take your house too. So there's there's uh, there's going to be a big change in the industry soon. Hmm. Like so I said, I, I smell the government. Only only the government yeah. screw, could screw something up uh, yeah. as well. Remember all those perks from having a Tesla. You yes. drive in the yeah any lane you want and uh, and park anywhere you want in Los Angeles. It was it was and and get a rebate from the government. This is not going to end well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and, and and of course you keep uh, young children employed in uh, in Africa uh, hand digging out cobalt to help make your electric cars. So you, so you, so you, so you, can, you can feel good about yourself. You're a good liberal by keeping these uh, children employed, um, doing uh, you know, 12-plus hours a day and digging out cobalt for your car. Um, now, of I, course, before we get the insurance, now the, the other aspect is for agents or brokers like yourself mm-hmm. is if you can't write new policies, you can't stay in business. Oh, <laughs> You mentioned that. Yeah. <laughs> We've got a lot of people in the insurance business like me that, that uh, only came into this business maybe 10 years ago. What do they do? They, they, they bought a house. They've got a mortgage. They've got a family. Um, with me, I've got two licenses. I, I sell life and health as well as property and casualties. So I have a, I have an extra, extra buffer to my income. Mm-hmm. 
but uh in many of many of them they're going to leave california too it is it is incredible you know if i if i worked for a state farm i wouldn't know what to do mm. and and i've got mercury and safeco and you know many many companies where i've got clients in place okay mm-hmm. and i'm i'm just saying to everybody keep what you have because if you if you if you if you make a move in the next few months before this settles out uh you may you may find yourself one of those 50,000 people right now that can't get homeowners insurance or can't afford it yeah, you know yeah, if you, yeah. you got to pay $9,000 i mean you may just, you know if you have a mortgage the bank's going to require it but if you don't have a mortgage um you know $9,000 a year you may not you may not be able to you're retired you may not be able to afford mm-hmm. that to have insurance on your on on your property I think we all need to ask Gavin Newsom what's next because he and he and Ricardo Lara seem to be making all the choices. Yes. The the big regulations are driving the companies out. And so I'm I'm looking at I'm looking at him when when does he when does he get reelected or not? Yeah, his term his <laughs> term run, here? <laughs> well, his term runs through um twenty twenty six will be another governor's election. <gasps> God um, <clears throat> I don't know if you can. Generally, governors in California are limit themselves to two terms, and, may, and there may be a, there may be a requirement for that. Um, I think I think Gavin, I, I think Gavin has his has is wants to fail upward again to uh, to be to be president. Um, yes, he wants, to, he wants to he wants to be post turtle on a higher post. All right, let's take a break here, and uh, we'll uh, we'll again hear from Ed Hoffman of United American Mortgage. And this half is also brought to you by Attorney Gregory Britton, who does business and real property law. And you can reach him at 909-335-7335, 909-335-7335. And I hear he is pretty good. Back after this. Hi, this is Ed Hoffman with United American Mortgage and host of the main event right here on AM590, The Answer. Mortgage rates are up. But credit card rates are way higher, and credit card balances have hit an all-time high as inflation puts the squeeze on everyone's budget, not to mention how auto loan rates and payments have gone through the roof. Let me point out, it doesn't matter how low your existing mortgage interest rate is if you can't make the payments on everything else. Are you wondering what to do? Do you need some financial strategy? Want to talk to someone who thinks like you? Call me at 855-640-2020. We'll discuss a strategy that works for you today and also considers what happens when the interest rates drop as we move into the inevitable recession. To have that discussion, call me toll-free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020, or go to edhoffman.net and click on the United American Mortgage logo. Ed Hoffman, NMLS ID number 9921, United American Mortgage Corporation, NMLS ID number 1942. United American Mortgage Corporation is an equal housing lender and licensed by the California Department of Real Estate. AM 590, the answer. Welcome back to Unite IE Radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen. My name is Greg Britton, Residency Party Patriots, as well as the Unite IE Coalition of Conservative and Patriot Groups. Very pleased this week to have on the show Rita Sandor, who is a uh, who exemplifies the model of our show. She is the president of the Corona and Norco chapter of the now Golden State Republican Women. They had a split, and uh, most of the uh, women's clubs in California went with the new organization. And uh, Rita, how can how can people connect with your organization, and where and when do you meet? Actually, we are on Facebook. And, uh, we have a, we have a, a web, uh, 
CoronaNorcoRepublicanWomen.com. And we meet every month in Corona, California at Mimi's Cafe on the fourth Thursday, excuse me, the fourth Tuesday. Uh, our next meeting is on the 27th of uh, February. And uh, one one big meeting we're having in April is uh, to see Ken Calvert and have him talk about what's happening in Washington. And that will be on the 23rd of April. Then, so, what time is that? And is your, are your meetings open uh, to the public? Uh, they're open to members, but it's an RSVP regulation. We need to know that we've got uh, the right amount of uh, space for the meeting. So anybody that's not already a member would have to call in. And uh, I'm on every flyer. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, we, uh, we do have an election coming up uh, officially on March 5th. But, of course, the election, <clears throat> we have election season in California, not an election day. The ballots will get mailed out in early February. <clears throat> and then we have a month or two or whatever of of, of, of counting the ballots until the, uh, until the right people win, of course. Um, Donald Trump will be on the uh, primary ballot, and I think that uh, even even if Nikki Haley is still officially in the race I, by that point, after she gets drubbed in her home state of South Carolina, it's I think it's still pretty much a foregone conclusion. Um, there may be some other races in which there's Republicans are running in the primary, but for the most part, I think I, th- I think it is set. Uh, one race that I'm watching is, and I think it's important, is Proposition One. Mm-hmm. As you as you, as you probably know, this will authorize six point three eight billion dollars in bonds, supposedly for mental health, um, because they're going to build eleven thousand five hundred mental health beds, which are like hotel room beds. And if you do the math, and we know that math is racist, but that works out to five hundred fifty four thousand seven hundred eighty two dollars per hotel room bed all going to the homeless industrial complex. And people staying there don't have to give up drugs or alcohol. They don't have to accept mental health services. So uh, mentally, mental Ill, mentally ill drug users can continue in that lifestyle now at taxpayer expense. And, uh, of course, just a, a basic question, stepping back from that, what is the likelihood? That giving the more giving the government more money will improve anyone's mental health. Well, it's worse than that, Gregory. They they caused this. If Newsom hadn't shut down the schools, there would not be as many school children, right, aged uh, fourteen to twenty one or something. That is the is the statistic there. There wouldn't be as many <laughs> school children that have mental health issues and drug issues. One in ten people wouldn't have, uh, adults wouldn't have, uh, mental, uh, problems if they hadn't closed down the businesses <laughs> and told people they had to get a, a pointless, uh, drug in order to stay working somewhere. They've caused a lot of this. They need to fix it themselves by making sure that it doesn't happen again. And, and I don't want to give them money for that. No. Uh, speaking of mental illness, there was a, there was a, there was a recent, uh, there was a survey that, uh, 20 something liberal women, half of them admit that they've been diagnosed with a mental illness. And if, I think that, uh, that certainly explains a lot of what's happening in the country. Some of them, the school teachers. Yes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> what school do they, do they teach for? But 
As we talked about, as we talked about last week, and we, and our, our, our guest Ed Ring had posted a quote from Bruce Lee, the famous, uh, uh, martial artist. He says, you will continue to suffer if you have an emotional reaction to everything that is said to you. True power is sitting back and observing everything with logic. If words control you, that means everyone else can control you. So for, for, for California voters, is will you be manipulated when they say, oh, help, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to improve mental health. We're going to, we're going to help the homeless people. We're going to help the drug users. Give us more money. Will you react? Will California voters react emotionally to that and give the government another $6.38 billion for the homeless industrial complex? Or will they evaluate it? Well, gee, how, how has government spending done thus far on addressing these problems? Is the government causing these problems, as you said, Rita? And say, no, I'm not going to give the government another $6.38 billion to waste and spend and give to their political cronies. So part of, you know, there are obligations of the, of the private citizen involve not being easily manipulated and making good informed decisions in how we vote. May I make a suggestion? You certainly may. This one comes from Don Dix. He was a mentor when, when, uh, the Act for America group was just starting up in 2010. The Tea Party was huge. And he basically said, you know, everybody needs to do what they can with what they have where they are. Um, I'm going to do probably five different times my neighborhood. Walk from door to door, see who's home, see who's got the flag outside, see who's got a Trump flag. <laughs> I'll go to them first. <laughs> Spread the word at what we can do, where we are. Get as many people as I can to join with Election Integrity Project and do volunteer work at the polls and and as poll workers to see if we can get California back on track. It's gone. I don't want to leave. I want to fight. Uh, that, that's, that's a choice that a lot of us have had to think about, and I think most of us have, have, have at least thought about, seriously, about, about leaving. Uh, and some of us still fighting here. Some of us have businesses here still, like you and I do. And others have, yeah, have left for, um, more sane, so we say greener pastures. Uh, that is all the time we have this week. Rita, I want one, thank you for being on our show. And two, thank you for all of your good work as a, as a private citizen fulfilling your obligations. And as always, tune in next week for another exciting edition of Unite, i.e. Radio. AM 590, the answer. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.